Hello, everybody, and welcome back to JHR Backstage, the lovely companion podcast to my main show, James's House of Rock, where we talk about some like general music discussion as well as some like recent releases and all that fun garbage. Uh, welcome backstage, <laughs> everyone. Yeah. So uh, today's episode, we thought we'd start the conversation with um, talking about film scoring. I, th- I yeah. know we we briefly talked about film scoring in a previous episode, probably because um, I, I remember I shouted out. Um, uh, Xander McCarvel, um, mm-hmm. the person who did Victoria, and I'll, I'll re-sing his praises yes. um, later as we go, but yes. uh, Varys here just had a pretty big project just released, Hello. Um, which uh, he, or they scored um, themselves, and yes. uh, I think we've both had some experience. We can also talk about like the wider industry as a whole, you know, the big guys like Hans Zimmer and Danny Elfman and um, uh, John Williams and such. And... Uh, What's the guy? The guy who did uh, Alan Silvestri. Okay, yep. He yeah, did, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yep. I'm, I'm familiar with him, he's too. He's a big That's, guy, too. Uh, he's the one that did the Avengers theme, right? Yep, he also did Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, well, I'll I'll hand the mic off to you for the most part to get started and talking sure. about your process with um, multi-circus as well as your uh, upcoming projects like Saturday Morning Cartoon. Sure. So when it comes to, like, scoring, so I release as some of you may or may not know we talked about this in the last episode and but in case a you have episodes before that yes but in case you haven't been listening or you're just tuning in now uh if you head over to youtube you go to verivision all caps one word v-e-r-a-v-i-s-i-o-n uh you'll see a little project known as the multi-circus um it is a uh animate it is a half an hour animated project that i created um involving an alternate version of myself and a character that i created um, traveling through the multiverse. And so obviously with a big animated project like this, I was going to need music to accompany it because if you don't have music accompanying an animated project, it better be really dang good to not need music. Um, or it must, it, it's gotta be built around not having music. Um, I feel like, because I feel like a lot of animated stories kind of need music to oh, give that oh, extra absolutely, push. Yeah. So if it's built around not having music, that's fine. Then that's really good too. But musics are kind of a must. So I did as I usually do. And I go into GarageBand <laughs> and I look at my loops. Um, but brother, I, may I have the loops? Yeah, brother, please. The loops. Pass them. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know... When, when thinking of like the different scenarios and stuff for at least the multi-circus specifically, um, it was kind of a difficult process mainly because um, the the project was like an animate and compose as I go. Yeah. Because um, I had a very general outline for what I wanted where I was like, I want to start here yep. and here and the middle is going to be like a bunch of other different universes. Um, and I didn't really know where hmm. I was going. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started like animating some of the different scenes and putting together a lot of the different areas, I would try to think of like what inspired this dimension? What does it look like? What is the feel? What is the vibe that it is giving off and that I want to give off with this area? And then I would create a song centered around that. Mm-hmm. Um, like the children's book dimension, or I, as I unofficially call it, the Winnie the Pooh dimension. <laughs> um, it is a very like light-hearted song um, that you would hear like in a children's show, or like in like a reading of like the children's book, um, and it kind of like plays off these very like 
like plinky plonky sounds mm-hmm. and it's very like upbeat and nice and it's like <laughs> yay we love this and then you go to like um the live action dimension which is a roundabout reference to a pilot that we are actually filming okay i over was, was going to ask you that um yeah. I, I won't reveal too much about the pilot, um, but I will say that that if for anybody who did watch the multi circus um, and is listening to this now, um, and I don't I doubt Mousetrap will be out by the time this comes out, but in case it is, it won't be. In case it is, for some reason, in case we like lightning round m- Mousetrap somehow. This, yeah, I was gonna say this episode. Um, uh, should be airing on the 24th. So hello, everybody from August 24th. <laughs> hello, everybody. Um, so unless we lightning round it, um, but the the idea is that that was supposed to be a indirect, not an indirect, but a, a direct reference to Mousetrap. And so since I had a few songs composed for Mousetrap already, um, I just used the songs from that. And getting the vibe down for, like, the different projects is very important because the multi-circus is a very upbeat, um, heavily relying on, like, these, like, flowing electronical Mm -hmm. synths and very, um, you know, intense, like, beats and, like, making sure that you're staying within the action of that's going on on screen um, because of the nature of how it is. Mousetrap was designed to play in the background. You're not ignore it, but like be there, you recognize it and it like helps flow with what's going on on screen. So it's a lot more laid back. The it's like a lot subtler, Mm -hmm. um, a lot less harsh. Um, and it doesn't hit as hard. Um, and it's supposed to be a lot softer just because, again, hmm. the main action that you're supposed to be paying attention to is the dialogue yep. that's going on on screen. And so, like, when you're mixing that and stuff, you have to pay attention to that. Um, and so it, when it comes down to composing these different things, um, you really just have to keep those things in mind. And, you know, I'm coming up on two more projects that I have to um, – and Mousetrap isn't even fully composed yet – um, but I'm coming up with uh, I'm coming up on two other projects that I have to compose music for. Um, one of them being a animated comic version of a pilot episode for a cartoon <laughs> that I want to make. Very weird way of describing it. Yep. Um, but that's what it is. And then another one being a spin-off um, animated comic adventure. Uh, formed by the Let's Play series yep. that I do um, and that you used to be a part of. Yep. Um, and, like, it's going to... Dir- like, both of those projects, including Mousetrap... Mousetrap will indirectly tie to the multi-circus, but the other two will directly tie into yep. the multi-circus. And so you want to keep this, like, this level of consistency of, like... The music sounds similar because it's in the same, like, universe, yeah. the same storytelling. Makes sense. Um, but they need to be different enough to be their own unique songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, sometimes what I really like to do in composing music is I'll take songs that I've made already and remix them for the project so that you have this sense of familiarity with yeah. it where you're like, oh, I've heard this before, <laughs> but where have I heard it? And like, if I make like a main theme track yeah, yeah, yeah. for the, the project, I'll remix it into other songs to try to give you that like, oh, right, this goes with this project because that's the main theme mm-hmm. for this project. Um, and so it's like, you know, one of the songs uh, called Electronic Loitering that I made for Lo-Fi Mall uh, or Electronic Loiterers, um, that song got remixed and is now the theme song for mousetrap okay um 
it's a little different. It like it's a little bit more intense and hits a little bit harder, and it's like the definitive version of that song. But it creates the sense of familiarity, like all of my mm-hmm. stuff is connected, and all which my it st- is, <laughs> it is yeah. exactly. Um, but like all the stuff is connected, and everything ties together in this neat little bow of like, oh, I recognize that because that was this and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So. It's just it's been it's fun to compose because it's like you kind of have to like predict how long the scene is like Mm -hmm. if it's not filmed yet um, or like, you know, when it is filmed, like you compose over it and like you kind of like capture the vibe of what's going on on screen and the vibe of the show. And it's it's a lot of fun. And like I'm in the industry, it's standard to like have it. I'm pretty sure it's standard to have it filmed slash animated. And then the score comes in later. Yeah, the the film industry usually they'll they'll film the thing first, and then they'll send the composer like the raw footage yeah. of like the raw, like the roughest edit, so that he they have a, a vague idea of what they're working with. Right. But I know it depends. It depends on the project. I think most of the time, but as as far as I'm aware, most of it comes from right after filming. Mm. That makes but, sense. But, but before, obviously, the like the main fine edit and stuff is done. It makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm definitely going to have to do some composing for Mousetrap after we film because we start tomorrow. Yeah. So, um, look, looking forward to that, and I hope you all look. Yeah, forward Yeah, we should to that. do a Bio Dragons episode on that at some point. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Compose it's it's always interesting, and I and like seeing, like, and then like a lot of main inspirations for my compositions are like you know, Back to the Future mm-hmm. um, is a big one. Um, old Mickey Mouse cartoons and yep. just like cartoons in general um, are where like a lot of my main, main inspiration comes from. So like a lot of the songs are a lot more like, you know, swelling yep. and upbeat and like, oh, like it makes me feel <laughs> like I'm going to go on an adventure and like the sads are really sad. The happies are really happy mm. and it's very extreme. Oh, so you don't want the Hans Zimmer like overbearing looming presence of all time. He's very good at like aesthetic music. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mi- like I don't mind that kind of stuff, but it's like it's like I know where my style is. Yeah. And so it's just funny to like, you know, I had to make a I had to make like a rubber hose song for the multi circus. Yeah. And it it's played for like four seconds. <laughs> but there's a full version of it that yep. got released. So I mean and also the the entire multi-circus soundtrack and scores on all your Everything. favorite streaming yeah. services. So you can go listen to it right now. And even some um, of your least favorites. That's true. Yeah. What is Deezer? <laughs> I don't know. One of these days we should do an episode of this podcast where we go through and review all of these like nonsense music streaming services. That, what happened to Napster? Kid tells us to add stuff to. Yeah. Like, what happened to Napster? Napster. <laughs> yeah. You know, the service that you're not legally allowed to use. Yeah. What happened to that one? Um, no, but... It ser- went to jail. Oh, um, yes, exactly. No, but yeah, so... It, it's, I don't know, it's it's interesting. It's fun to, like, to have that challenge of, like, okay, I need this, and then, like, creating it with the score, and it's fun. I've never composed for a... F- well, I did compose once, but I don't even think you could really call it composing. <laughs> I, I mean, made, I made two very, very, very baseline simple songs for um, my short film Dream from like sophomore year of high school. Yeah. Um, my one and only experience with film scoring so far is with Victoria, my my pilot. Yeah. Um, 
and I I was the just the director and the producer of the music. Mm. Um, my my lovely friend Xander McCarvel was or Static C uh, was the actual composer, and, and they did an absolutely fantastic job with it. I've sung their praises in other episode or in another episode. I know when we briefly touched upon film scoring, I think it was two or three episodes back at this point. Yeah. Um, but you should definitely go check them out. Um, it's S T A. Uh, T I K S E A Static C. Okay. Um, they're, they're very good. Uh, and and yeah, it was interesting, like producing <laughs> a composure. And I'd love to do it again. And and I I intend to find somebody to compose music for my senior thesis, which will be entering into full swing production. Um, <laughs> there's a person sitting yeah. across the table. For you. Uh, you I know, know, like your styles, like well, a not only that. I just, I um, I know you'll also be working on your own senior thesis. Oh yeah, so, that, <laughs> so there's that too. But, That's true. Um, I will be very busy. We'll we'll see what what that happens because that won't be till the winter. But, yeah, we'll um, see. We'll see what happens. On the topic of like big Hollywood composers, done. yeah, like um. John Williams is the absolute king, and I think we can all agree on that of some form. Everyone keeps saying his name, um, but like I'm really bad at reading credits. So what music so is he making? John Williams is most well known for the Star Wars theme. Okay, yep. The Jaws already. theme. Yep. Uh, the Indiana Jones theme. He's got some bangs. The Harry Potter theme. Yep. <laughs> as well as you know, countless other big Hollywood themes. Basically, if Steven Spielberg. Or George Lucas had their hands on something. John Williams wasn't too far behind. Uh, he's done. He's done the music for just about everything Steven Spielberg and George Lucas have done. Uh, I see. We've got a classic case of oops, all bangers. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and I I believe he he might be retired now. I have no idea. Um, I know he briefly came back out of retirement for the Obi Wan Kenobi Disney Plus show. Ooh. He composed music for that because he was excited for it. Hell yeah! Um, but yeah, I don't think you can really deny that. Like he's got to be the best. He's got to. He's got some of the most iconic theme songs. Oh yeah, to anything like That's like. Um, I think the only person that would even remotely come close to him that is a pretty distant second is Danny Elfman. Yeah. Uh, who is most famous for like the Simpsons theme and oh, okay. um, pretty much any song that's ever been in a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> uh, just like John Williams follows everything Steven Spielberg and George Lucas does, Danny Elfman follows just about everything Tim Burton does. Um, Danny Elfman might just get like a personal favorite spot yeah. just because I love <laughs> Tim Burton. Uh, Danny Elfman so is also, much. fun fact, the... Um, singing voice for Jack Skellington. Is he in Nightmare Before Christmas? He's All not. Right. He's not the um, the voice voice, the, like speaking voice, but he is the singing voice. He's our um, listen. This man, <laughs> he's getting he's getting the points. Well, yeah. If you want to listen to more of him, if you if you like his voice in terms of his singing voice, he, uh -huh. you know he he was the founder and singer and guitarist of one of like the biggest eighties bands ever. Too really, him and his brother formed Oingo Boingo. Oh back wow, in, back in the eighties. Uh, <laughs> gosh, dang! Um, and that—that's where he came from originally, and then Oingo Boingo broke up, and he became a film composer instead. Oh, uh, <laughs> what a what a yeah! It's quite a talent. trip, isn't it? Yeah, what a talent! Um, and Talented yeah, man. it's an extremely—he's. I feel like those them two, both Danny and and John, are the two most in the spotlight in terms of like not only are they film composers, but they also are in the spotlight and like. Yep. 
you see them around a lot. You see pictures, videos, interviews, whatever of them. Yeah. And then like you get the, the people that are, are definitely famous and a lot of people know their name, but you don't see them very often. Yeah. Uh, people like Alan Silverstein. Alan Silvestri, yeah. Or, so, so yeah. Cause he <laughs> however did. you just said that. Um, Silvestri, I believe. Yeah. And, um, cause Hans he, Zimmer is another one on that regard too. He's a huge composer, but what you Hans, almost never see his face. What do Hans do? Uh, he's, done a whole bunch of stuff he's a very big um superhero and action movie composer you you'd see his name all over the place okay um i'm sure i've seen it i just right off the top of my head i don't know why the only thing i can think of is he composed most of the music for the dceu but that's not like his big thing that's that's just one of her more recent things i don't know why i can't think of anything off the top of my head did he do the wonder woman game i Possibly, I think so. I think he did most of the the DCEU stuff. I know he definitely did all the Zack Snyder led stuff. If if um, he did the Wonder Woman theme, props. Yeah, I know a lot of people are kind of like, "What is this?" <laughs> but it is, it it's great. Like I love that theme. Like every time it plays, I get chills. It's it's just like. There's something about it that's like it's composed really well. It's like you know that like that character is about to like kick butt <laughs> and like they mean business when you hear like do 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 do. I don't I just love it. I think it's really well done. I think it's My really phone well won't composed. load, but I don't believe it's Hans Zimmer. That's um, fine. Whoever did it, but yeah. props to you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that theme. I don't care if any everyone else hates it. I think it I can't say that word on the air, but kicks butt. Yeah. I think it, I think it's really I already said the H word <laughs> earlier, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely think film composing is one of those like unsung hero kind of things. Definitely. Where, like Other than like the big celebrity guys, like we've just been talking about, yeah. 99% of film composers, no one knows their name. I they wanna... might have created some of the best music ever. And like, like your mo- the movie could have been composed perfectly. You're not going to know the credits. I want to just writers, animators, theme composers. Mm. unsung heroes of the industry because it's yeah. always the actors or the yeah. directors i would say the writers do or the get, producers the do, writers do get some credit but yeah probably not as much as they should yeah especially in mediums like you you play ballpark in more like cartoons and television and yeah. i feel like writers for television and cartoons don't get nearly as much attention as film film do no but uh um, film writers do and but. listen like again i i not again but like i i do want to say like there's nothing like directors, producers, and actors play a very, very important oh, yeah. role. Abs- absolutely, they, they, they. Without them, there is no whatever. There's yeah. no production. There's nothing. But they will usually get the most attention. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, the people who wrote or animated or like composed animators, the show. Definitely. Yeah. Animators. I as an animator, <laughs> um, it's just it sucks because like mostly animators are like they do all this incredible work. They're really good at what they do, and without them, the show wouldn't be. Mm. And they do such a phenomenal job. They work such thankless hours. And then, like the like, and the vo- again, voice actors are very, very important to yeah. the production. But usually, the voice actors and the director yeah. or the creator get most of what, the attention. What's for- really funny too is that if you make a good film composition, no one will notice it. Because that's the whole point. Yep. The best of film compositions aren't noticeable. They blend fe- in really yeah, well. Yeah, I feel yeah. like you only notice film compositions when they're bad. Or yeah. like when the music makes no sense to whatever you're watching. It's true. Um, and, and that's that's when you get a bad light. But it, it's funny how, how, like you were talking about a thankless job. It was like 
you, you do all this work and then people don't even like register it in their brain. Like yeah. they, they do register it, but like they don't consciously register it. Yeah. Cause and it's that's, like, that's even such a, that's such a weird thing. Yeah. Cause it's par for the course, right? Yeah. Where it's like, well, there's supposed to be music yeah. or there's supposed to be animation or whatever it is. So it's like, it's supposed to be written, you know? <laughs> so like it's one of, well, I mean, you'd assume it's supposed to be written, but like, it's just one of those <laughs> DC things. You wouldn't agree. Well, um, they're in kind of hot water right now, but, oh, um, I know. They – that's the thing is that a lot of people, they just kind of like – they take it for granted. Yeah. Um, and so it's just one of those things where like I, I just want to – and I, I know we, we're not doing it on purpose, so I understand. So don't worry because um, there might be some of you that are like, I'm not, I don't want to take it for granted. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> I just want to call this to your attention so that you, going forward – we can start appreciating the animation, the companies that actually do the animation. Listen think, to your favorite film or animated show's soundtrack. Yes. Most of them are available on streaming services if the company's not stingy. You think Netflix animated the Cuphead show? <laughs> no. God, no. That was Light Lighthouse. Yeah. Lighthouse Animations. or I, I forget the, their exact name, but it's like Lighthouse something. Yeah. They did. And then it got exported. And yeah. here, I, I don't mean to go off on a tangent. <laughs> But to anybody who's looking to get into the industry, shoot for the companies that export to companies. Mm. Like my next step, I'm hoping, is a company based in Ontario. Okay. Um, Mercury Filmworks. They've produced a lot of fantastic of stuff. Yeah. I'm shoot for they them. Make, so they like make Sonic cutscenes, right? No. Oh, that I'm was, thinking of a different person. That I think. was yes. Um, Tyson Hess, I know, does a lot of like mm-hmm. the animation stuff with the Sonic games in that style. I don't know who animated it specifically. Yeah. I'm sure Sega has like a team that they call upon for that. Regardless, yep. this also applies to composing. Um I'm I think. Um where like don't look for like because a lot of people are like I want to work for Disney and do this. Listen, shoot high. I, I, I follow your dreams. If you hmm. want to go work at Disney, go ahead. I don't recommend it, but if you want to go work for Disney, power to you. Apply. <laughs> Just do it. Go work for them. I, you know, I think that everyone should have a chance of following their dreams and doing what they want to do in life. However, in my this is my personal opinion. It might be better to start with the companies that export to those companies so that you have an in. You work directly with the people who have to, like, make it so you learn the process behind how it's made and how it's, like, brought to the studio, how it's incorporated and how everything comes together so that once you have that knowledge, once you go to Disney or Pixar (laughs) or wherever you want to go, Nintendo, Sega, wherever you want to go, you know. You know exactly how it's made. You know how it's produced. You know how it's received. You know how this works. So if you know the backbone of how it's made and then you go to Disney and you're like, I know how this is made. (laughs) And they're like, that's fantastic. And they let you join the team. You could better Disney. Like in the sense of like, hey, I know what it's like (laughs) working 40 hours a week animating hands. (laughs) Like so it's like you can be the person who brings that change to these big companies like, hey, let's give them a bit more slack with this deadline because I know what it's like. Hey, this is – I know what it's going to be like when it comes here. I can help format it when it gets here because I know the struggles that happened when we were doing it there composition animation anything <laughs> like that i'm getting way too passionate about this but i'm just you saying should make a, you should make a filler magic episode i about this. should yeah <laughs> but my point is 
I know I'm getting loud. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our our um our caster has just said you've peaked. Yeah, my our caster screamed at me. But here's all all I'm saying is if you want to get into the industry, start start a bit smaller, and then once you have that knowledge of how the people who create it work, then you go to the big leagues and you change the big leagues for the better. Because you know what it was like working in the smaller leagues. I like how both of these episodes, last week's and this week's, uh, have turned into motivational speaking this, uh, by the end of it. This is my For you, it's, whole it's, it's funny because it, it isn't even remotely music related, but no. that's, that's, that's even funnier. <laughs> What's funny to um, me is that like, I can't control this. <laughs> like, I could tell. It seems like you were just gone yeah, there for a couple of minutes. I, I, like, I have this thing where I'm like, I get really passionate about like, doing the like, doing what what I believe is the right thing in terms of like compensating for everybody, making sure everybody has like equal say and everybody can achieve their goals using a method that mm-hmm. makes sense and that will like help reform the industry going forward in a better way. And I, it is a switch that I physically cannot turn <laughs> off sometimes. So I apologize. We did get off track there. But musical <laughs> right. scoring. Yeah. For the last like five minutes or so, we'll, we'll um... I mean, I tried to tie it in yeah. a little bit. You had a little bit there, but yeah, uh, yeah okay. we'll, we'll tie it back to, to music scores here. Yes. Uh, I do wish more studios put their soundtracks on major streaming services. Yeah, Nintendo. Uh, I was going to say this, this <laughs> and I was I was about to tie that in because we'll we'll do an episode on video game music at some point. Yeah. Oh, I, God, I definitely yes, want please. I definitely want to do a I'm, I'm going to do an episode about um, video game music, I think. But oh, like, God, yes, please. Um, Nintendo is a big one. and We'll talk about that in its own episode. Yeah, but yeah, like, we'll, I feel yeah. like. Spotify's way of um, cataloging things is a disaster. I don't know if it's on the company's side or, or it, like, I don't know if it's on like the studio's side or if it's on Spotify's side. Yeah. But like, if you want to listen to a Disney soundtrack, good luck. Like you, you can, you can search the physical name of the movie, but then if you're looking to listen to anything after that without having to search it or like just go onto Disney's page, Good luck. Yeah. Because, like, Disney's Disney's page only has, like, half of them. But then if you search it, the other half are there. They're just under a different name. Like, yeah. Because um, it's, like, it's not the soundtrack. It's the score. Yeah. So it's, like, yeah. Scott Pilgrim I, did that. I don't know if it's, yeah, like I said, I don't know if it's the studios that do that or if it's the way Spotify splits stuff up. But, like, it's, like, no, oh, just, under, under the Disney account is Hercules and Mulan. But then under the Disney Records account is... Uh, yeah. Lion King and uh, Lion King and and the other one, so like it's it's hard to have like one definitive place to listen to most of these. And then most of the older scores aren't even on major streaming services. Like I, we did a road trip not too long ago where like the entire ride home we decided to listen to Disney songs, and I was like, wow, I'm so shocked at like how few of them are on here sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, so what I think it is is they have, or at least maybe this is not what it like is anymore, but. They probably made multiple accounts because they could. They were only like yeah. allowed so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they made another one to keep <laughs> getting like the free trial, yeah. if you will. And that's not really a thing anymore. I don't think. Like it no, kind of still it, is. Well, but yeah. not really. Yeah, not yeah. as much as it was before. Because you're right. It would be like Disney, Disney yeah. Vivo, or Evo, yeah. or whatever it's called, or like Disney Records, or like Disney Animations, yeah. or Disney Live. Like <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And like, how many accounts do you need, Disney? Come on. Literally, I only call out Disney specifically because I have actual like experience with it. But I'm yeah. sure other studios have the same problem. I believe Sega did it too. Because there's like Sega, then there's Sega Sound yeah. Team, and then there's I think Sonic the Hedgehog. See, at least like, that's three different companies. 
like I know I know they're all under one umbrella. They're yeah. all under Sega, but at least it's three separate things. Because like Sonic the Hedgehog's music doesn't necessarily belong with the rest of Sega's music because Sega has other stuff. Sure, but we'll talk about that but in a video so game in a video yeah. game episode. But but like um, yeah, and and <laughs> to kind of like tie it back to like composing and stuff like. Oh, you Scott Pilgrim, for instance. Yeah. I forgot who composed it, so I apologize. But you did a fantastic job. I um, but they they have two separate albums. Mm. Uh, one for, like, the songs and the soundtrack and one for, like, the score and all the songs that, like, kind of play in the parts that don't have, like, lyrics and stuff, which is fine. But I find it to be – and I, I feel like a lot of people – a lot of people – a lot of companies have realized this too. It is way less confusing – Nigel Godrich. <laughs> I think I've heard that name before. From Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Well, Nigel, you did a great job um, with that soundtrack for the movie. It is amazing. Um, but, like, the score and the soundtrack are two separate albums, and so it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm assuming that it's like the soundtrack was made by, like, a band... And the score was made by a composer, so maybe that's why they made it into two separate yeah, albums. Ni- Nigel oversaw both, but he only composed the score, it looks like. Sure. So, like, but I, a lot of people have started realizing, like, well, we can just put the name of the artist directed to the song now, yeah. so we don't have to, like, do that anymore, which is great, because it's, like, separating the score and the soundtrack <laughs> can make it kind of confusing sometimes, where it's, like, because now I have to go to this entirely other album just to yeah. hear a specific, like, score song. I don't know. I, I think it's the the world of composition in like the movie industry and even the animation and video game, all that stuff. Wildly confusing. Oh yeah. Um so it's it it can I can understand why people kinda like get weird about it. Because mm. it's like, well, was it this or this? And I'm like, bro, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I just I, wanna listen to my soundtracks, but I know, exactly. I do think I wanted to briefly talk about, so maybe we can do a part two. I, I know one of our friends wanted to be on a part two, so yes. we, we can maybe do that. I wanted to talk about um, the use of, like, today's top hits in mm. place of an original score for, for things. Like, that would be a very interesting Yeah, topic. there are there's some give and take for that. Like, Disney and, and uh, DreamWorks both do it pretty poorly. <laughs> Um, but then you have... What are you talking about? You have stuff... Shrek was amazing. Uh, you have stuff like Into the Spider-Verse, which used today's top hits to its advantage, and it blends... That was incredible. ...beautifully oh, into yeah. the actual composition of the movie. So good. But I think it's because the movie has a character that's built around stuff like that. True. Uh, but we'll, well, get, into, we'll get into that into a part two, because we're already yes. over our time a little bit. Yes. We'll, um, we'll talk about that, hopefully, with a special guest. Yeah, in, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. All right. Peace out, guys. Bye, guys.